0: What are American militias by Kay Rollins? Chris Hill, better known as Blood Agent, spends his days practicing weapons training, disaster preparedness, and combat drills with his troops. But Chris and his forces aren't in Afghanistan or Iraq. They're in Georgia. As he told Vox News in 2017, Chris's group, the Georgia Three Percenter Security Force, promises to be ready to defend the Constitution against all threats, foreign and, most importantly, domestic. However, there are thousands of others like Chris that are part of the growing number of so-called patriots in the American militia movement, an ideology dedicated to pro-gun, anti-government, and often white supremacist extremism. Far from just being a set of views, the movement itself is shockingly organized, comprised of organizations like the Oath Keepers, Proud Boys, who Trump notably told to stand by in the first presidential debate, Three Percenters, Minutemen, and dozens of other localized forces. As of 2019, the Southern Poverty Law Center has identified 576 operational extremist anti-government groups, 181 of which are designated as militias. Although few Americans will recognize the names of these groups, most have seen them in action in the last six months. Many heavily armed anti-lockdown protesters in April and May were identified as three percenters and Oath Keepers. More alarmingly, 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse, who murdered two Black Lives Matter protesters in Kenosha, Wisconsin, two months ago, also considered himself part of a local militia group. While these groups are far from unified, militia members like Chris Hill and Kyle Rittenhouse all share a similar distrust in the federal government, a belief that reaches back into the militia movement's early days in the 1990s. In 1993, the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Bureau, known as the ATF, conducted a siege on the Branch Davidian Religious Compound in Waco, Texas where the cult was suspected of arms trafficking and child sexual abuse. To many Americans, this was a major overreach of the federal government, intended to stamp out a cult rather than enforce laws. The failures of the government during the siege only confirmed their beliefs. During the 51-day siege in 1993, over 50 people died, sparking widespread backlash and leading to a sharp rise in militia membership. The Waco siege, coupled with other events of violence by the ATF, along with other branches of governments, was what the militia movement had been waiting for. Even 20 years later, the standoff at Waco is still a rallying cry for militia members. The Oath Keepers founder, Stephen Rhodes, told reporters that if the federal government didn't stay away from anti-government groups in Oregon in 2016, that there would be another Waco. And I quote, a brutal and bloody civil war. But these groups aren't just collections of people who have suspicions of the feds. Militias have a long history of violence, much of which comes from their conspiratorial ideas. Militia groups are heavily influenced by theories like the so-called New World Order, believing that there is a totalitarian government force that is trying Uh, That seeks to take away all weapons, voting rights, and autonomies from citizens of the planet. They also believe it's likely run through the United Nations. Although not all militia groups or members buy into this theory, most members are widely distrustful of federal and international oversight and believe that they do need to be heavily armed to fight back against potential threats. But combining heavily armed citizens with trigger-happy beliefs has been a recipe for violence. For example, in 1995, anti government extremist Timothy McVeigh killed 168 people in the Oklahoma City bombing, targeting a federal office building to send his message. Although McVeigh himself was not part of a militia group, he was inspired by them. And his actions are undeniably a consequence of the rise of the militia movements. McVeigh wasn't an isolated incident. Last year, another militia member, Jerry Drake Varnell, a 3%er affiliate, tried to replicate McVeigh's attack. Unfortunately, even though alt-right groups like militias represent the single largest terrorist threat in the United States, the media often sympathizes with them. Take the Bundy family, an anti-federalist extremist family who got into a standoff with the Bureau of Land Management, or BLM, over where their cattle could feed. As expected, the standoff was heavily publicized by websites like InfoWars, which already leaned towards anti-government conspiracy stories. However, unlike Waco or Ruby Ridge before it, the Bundy incident attracted more mainstream sympathy through channels like Fox News. Less than two weeks after the BLM set base in Clark County, Sean Hannity interviewed Cliven Bundy, and days later, Hannity began his show with a 20-minute Friday night segment on Bundy, playing a loop of protesters being tased by federal agents. Greta Van Susteren, another Fox anchor, challenged viewers to answer a poll if they were, quote, Team Cliven Bundy or Team Federal Government, where 97% of the thousands of respondents were Team Cliven by publicizing and even praising Cliven. Fox gave a platform for the extremist positions of militia members, and therefore played a key role in radicalizing their viewers. Unfortunately, these militia movements are spreading. They are using anti-government anger to recruit online, expanding their illegal law enforcement actions across American cities, and are, without a doubt, incredibly dangerous. In some ways, these militia groups are right. Many threats to our country are domestic, not foreign. But instead of protecting America... Militia members are the ones threatening it, making our country less safe and more divided.